everyone, and welcome to the Homicide Homegirls podcast, a true crime podcast examining the true crime cases that fascinate and intrigue us. I'm Arielle. And I'm Amanda. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us. us. We can't wait to share the details of this wild episode with you. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. Hey, guys. So I hope everyone has been hanging in there during the quarantine. I know I am currently a passenger on the struggle bus. A hundred percent. It's, it's right. yeah, I, I'm ready to be done with this. Um, spent my 30th birthday in quarantine and my trip to Vegas got canceled. So that was not a good time. But, you know, yeah, uh, hey, it's, made the best it's, of it. Right. It's been a struggle for me to even complete my episodes. And I know I can say the same thing. Uh, yeah, I have been a complete lazy sack of trash Um, so you know trying to get trying to like force myself to get back on writing but right so today's case was uh an email recommendation from nicole h from chesapeake virginia so thanks for your submission nicole thanks and we love um getting cases from our listeners suggestions and nine times out of ten we're gonna do your suggestions so if there's a case that you feel really strongly about or that you maybe know a little bit about but want us to kind of dig a little deeper um send us your suggestions and you know we'll yeah at we'll us likely <laughs> do it <laughs> yeah so today's case is um the murders of hannah graham and morgan harrington okay um you know as usual i'm gonna jump into background information um, Morgan Dana Harrington was born on July 24th, 1989, and she lived in Roanoke, Virginia. She was a 20-year-old student, and she was attending Virginia Tech. Okay. And that's really all I have as far as background information. Okay. Um, on October 17th, 2009, Morgan and her friends drove, drove to Charlottesville to attend a Metallica concert at the John Paul Jones Arena. And according to Google Maps, that was about a two-hour drive from... You know, okay. Rona. I think I've watched something on this, and I think I told you this when you were researching, like, a the light bulb went off. Like, I'm pretty sure I uh-huh. did a special on this, uh-huh. and I'm pretty sure I've watched it. Um, I don't remember, like, all the specifics, but you know how, like, you hear something and you're like, wait. I... It kind of light bulb, yeah. Right, right, right. So... But continue. So, yeah, yeah if, I'm pretty sure there's an ID special out there somewhere if our listeners would like to go find it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't look into any, like, episodes or anything. But um, when the opening act was performing at the concert, uh, Morgan told her friends that she needed to use the restroom and that she would be back. And okay. Morgan never returned. Her friend call her friends called her on her cell phone at 8:48 p.m. and Morgan stated that she got locked out of the arena due to the no entry no re-entry policy. Mm. And she also told her friends that she would find a way home and they didn't need to worry. Mm. As a friend, I I But if she was just going to the bathroom, why did she leave the arena? I don't know how the arena set up. Like I I don't know what kind of setup they have like arenas around here like you don't actually have to physically leave but right, i mean is the john paul bathrooms. jones arena and is it an outdoor i don't know how the setup is like right but i mean i've been to an outdoor amphitheater when i went to garth in nashville and it was still like there were still bathrooms i don't 
I don't know. That's weird. Makes me wonder, like, how she got, like, why she got out, you know? Right. Um, but anyway. Let's see. I don't know. It looks like it's a, um, a multi-purpose arena owned by University of Virginia. Hmm. Um, and it looks like it's kind of a, a basketball type. Oh, okay. But basketball you, yeah, you would think they, had, they would have bathrooms inside, so it kind of makes me wonder, like, if there was something else that made her go Underline, out, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. And, like, but I also as a feel friend. Like, yeah, I was about to say that. As a friend, like, I feel like, I mean, yeah, it would have, it would have sucked to miss the concert, but, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, like, blame her friends or anything, but, like, I feel like I wouldn't right. have left my 20-year-old friend outside it you know, nine thirty at night by herself to hitchhike. I don't know. And I, and or, yeah, or, or, like or it would have to miss the concert. Yeah. yeah, while I'm enjoying myself. Um right. I, I wouldn't be able yeah, to I don't enjoy myself, do myself, I don't feel like. All right. I mean we would rather die. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not trying to like but, yeah. judge your friends or anything, but Right, but like the way okay, so I used to be a manager at a grocery store, and they mm-hmm. always had this one girl who used to like she, like her parents couldn't come get her, so she'd walk home. And when I closed, I was like, "There's no way." I was like, "Get in the car." She was like, "No, you really don't." I said, "If something happened to you, because I didn't give you a ride home, I would never be able to live with myself." And that's the mentality I would had would have had the exactly. same the same. Yeah, I mean, idea. I'm sure I'm sure her friends probably do live with that. But have a lot, yeah. I mean, gosh, that's that's rough. Yeah. So, um, some witnesses say that they saw Morgan around 9.30 hitchhiking on a bridge in the area. Mm-hmm. And when I say bridge, it's not like a bridge is where you see. It's like a little small, like, not like the spillway bridge. It's kind of just like a little, not a drawbridge, yeah. but kind of like a creek bridge or something. Right, um, not like a major bridge. Yeah. Um, other witnesses stated they saw her with at least three men after she left the arena. So oh. that make, makes me jump back and is like, okay, that's that is that that underlying thing we were talking about? Like, like if there was something else that made her leave. Like, did she? Yeah, did she leave outside of the arena? Not on her own. For, like under duress. Or or, or or was she? Not even that. Is she, did was she meeting somebody that she didn't want her friends to know about, and right. and that's why she exited the arena and wasn't allowed back. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Sometimes I don't tell you stuff, and you stalk my location, and you're like, uh, I've done Amanda, that. Before. You're you're gonna I end up, up in a basement I will, somewhere. I will sh- <laughs> someone telling you to put the lotion on the skin. Last time Ariel did that to me, she was like, you're going to end up as a skin suit in somebody's basement. And I was like, don't worry. He doesn't have a basement. She didn't find it very funny. <laughs> yeah. Look, they don't want they don't want these hands. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Morgan's purse, including her ID and cell phone, were located in a nearby RV lot close to the campus's athletic field, which is home to the university's track and field teams. The remains of Morgan Harrington were discovered on January 26, 2010, by a farmer. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she went missing in October, and she was located, her remains were located in January, um, by a Ooh, farmer. Do we know, like, okay. who reported her missing? And... Mm-mm. Like, oh, okay. yeah, it was kind of, I don't know if it's, this this case no, was really jumpy. Parents, yeah, or maybe her friends. It was real jumpy, like... 
I'll get into some details later. I'm like, I don't know why this is, this was reported, but this is what I found. I don't know how they got to this conclusion kind of thing. But, um, she was located by a farmer approximately 10 miles from the arena. And her remains were located near the Anchorage farm, which I've also read, like, some, whoever put her there would have been, would have had to been familiar with that area. Hmm. But then again, I don't think suspect was from, I mean, maybe he was just, I don't know, weird. So when Morgan was located, authorities did not initially release information regarding the investigation or the discovery of her remains. However, Morgan, I mean, Morgan's mother confirmed that she had been raped and that her death was very violent, stating there were broken bones. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yikes. In November of um, 2009, so... Before her body was found. Yes, before her body was found, but after she went missing, um, a Pantera shirt was located outside of an apartment building, which was about a mile and a half from the arena where the concert was the night she went missing. Um, And in April of 2010, so after she was found, um, about three-ish months after she was discovered, forensic test results... uh, substantiated that the shirt found was the shirt that she was wearing the night she disappeared oh goodness so i guess did they was her body nude or partially nude i guess if that shirt that's what she was wearing right um i mean they said she was raped so it's a good possibility yeah it's a good possibility and i mean i don't think the weather is too warm in virginia yeah, no. Um, so I, I don't I don't know what level of decomp it could have been, but I mean the elements and the wildlife right. could you know. So mm-hmm. um so unfortunately it would be more than four years before any additional progress would be made in Morgan's murder case. Four years. Goodness. So we fast yeah, forward parents. Yeah. So we fast forward to September of twenty fourteen. The murder of Hannah Elizabeth Graham. But First, I want to give you some background information about Hannah. Okay. So, we fast forward to September of 2014, the murder of Hannah Elizabeth Graham. But first, I want to give you some background info about her. She was a British-American student who graduated from West Potomac High School and was a second-year student at the University of Virginia, which is located in Charlottesville. That's the same university that... Morgan went to, right? No. University she of went, Virginia? She went to Virginia no. Tech. Virginia Tech. Oh. Um, I think the... Are those close? The yeah. concert was in Charlottesville? Okay. okay yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. So that okay. arena is I, part I of... Part of... University of Virginia? Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, because... Yeah, because you said that. Okay. I, okay. Continue. Sorry. Okay, so Hannah was on her way to a party around 1.20 a.m., on September 13, 2014, when she texted her friend saying that she was on her way, but she was lost. And that's the last time her friends heard from her. On October 18th, so almost about a month, a little over a month, mm-hmm. uh, human remains were discovered on abandoned property in Albemarle County um, in, in Virginia. The remains were located by searchers from the Chesterfield County Sheriff's Office. And later that day, police chief Timothy Longo claimed that the remains 
that were located were not positively identified as Hannah Graham, but for some reason the police still notified Hannah's parents. Oh goodness! So in, from like from what I think, I just think they don't they don't want to jump the gun and say yes, this is her. They wanted a definitive yes before they like I guess right. announced it. So. The remains were sent to the medical examiner's office, and on October 25th, it was confirmed, I'm sorry, on October 24th, it was confirmed that the remains were Hannah Graham's, and her cause of death was undetermined, and the manner of death was homicide. So, yeah. she, okay. it, yeah, so. They don't know how she died. Like right. The, the physical like injury. Yeah. Right, but they know that she was murdered. Right, basically. I did okay. read something about, um, like, the same thing with Morgan was with Hannah with, like, broken bones. Like, they thought maybe suffocation because, like, some of her nose bones were broken. But I don't – I mean, if, if – Do the, they it, know if Hannah was – Do they know if Hannah was raped as well? Um, I'm not sure. If I had to guess, because of his track record, that's his M.O., um, that oh, okay. he, he's a predator. Mm, so okay. we're going to jump into info about the suspect. So surveillance showed that Hannah Graham was last seen at a restaurant with a male by the name of Jesse Leroy, also known as LJ. So Jesse Leroy Matthew Jr. What a mouthful. Jesse was a 32 year old man and he became a, a person of interest in Hannah's murder. Um, a witness stated that Jesse was seen inside of the restaurant with his arm around her. Now, I've seen restaurant. I've seen bar. Um, she was intoxicated. Um, and according to the last witness that saw her, who also stated that they witnessed her be intoxicated, also said that they saw her alive and the man she was with did not appear to be friendly and that she was seen standing next to an orange Chrysler Sebring and was heard saying, quote, I'm not getting in that car with you, end quote. So. Let me just say, if you're going to kidnap somebody or commit a murder or do something nefarious, you probably should not have an orange car. Right. That's just stupid. Stick out like a sore Stick out. Right. Yeah. Um, Now look, if you decide to go commit a murder or something and you decide to have an inconspicuous car and you get arrested, do not tell do not tell them that we told you <laughs> to pick an inconspicuous car. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. But, anyway. So, when Hannah went missing, he became a person of interest and authorities searched his car and his apartment, but did not make an arrest at that time. I think they were quietly building their case. So, on September 21st, 2014, an arrest warrant was issued for Jesse Matthew for the charge of reckless driving. I'm not inter- entirely sure. So, this was like a week after? Um, yeah. This is like a week after Hannah went missing, yeah. Yeah. The 13th, a little over a week, yeah. So, wow. yeah, I'm not exactly sure where those charges stem from. I don't even know how they could prove that he was driving reckless. Obviously, he must have been because... Mm-hmm. A judge signed the warrant, but um, this could have just been a ploy. Well, they might have had this was. Well, this was also twenty fourteen. I mean, they could have had cameras, you know. Yeah, but but reckless, like a complete but reckless driving is usually, um, 
probable cause. Like it's not like something you're going to just let them, like you're not going to go, at least from my experience, you're not going to go back on the crime cameras and be like, oh, he's speeding. Like most of the crime cameras don't have um, radar because that's the only way you can't look. If your police unit does not have radar or LIDAR, you cannot pull somebody. Even if they're go, if you're going 70 and a 55 and they're going faster than you, they they can't pull you over. You need radar or LIDAR. Right. So. Okay. Um. But it could have just been a ploy to get him in, you know. I, I don't know how it works right. in Virginia, but he was subsequently charged with abduction and intent to defile. In relation to Hannah? It, I don't know. Oh. I mean, they're, they were cast in their fishing pole with reckless driving, right. and somehow when they pulled in, when they reeled it in, they had abduction and intent to defile. <laughs> That's a good uh, analogy there. <laughs> Southern Louisiana uh, analogy for you. So I want to talk about Jesse Matthews' um, background for a minute. Um, Jesse Matthew was a convicted rapist. Now, (laughs) I had no idea where this this title came from. So I think one of the articles, like one of the articles I read, it said something along the lines of serial rapist charged with murder of such and such or something like that it's like the title implied that he was deemed a sexual um a what did i say a convicted rape a convicted rapist from a from a incident that happened years ago like it was yeah like like he already had that stamp on him and now he's a murderer Hmm. well usually a lot of times it like a lot of times it, it escalates that way it can i mean look at paul uh paul bernardo yeah, obviously, like, his rapist, I mean, like, his rape tendencies, I don't even know if that's correct, but, like, his, the girls that he killed, he also raped, but, like, the way it was titled, it was, like, he previously was a convicted rapist, and now he is more than that. Right. So, he he was always making intense sexual advances towards women. I don't like that. I don't even like that. Those were intense sexual advances. I don't like. Mm. Yeah, but you, but you know how that is. Like, no means no. You know, like right. And you're like, no thanks. And they're like, oh come on, like. And I'm just like, dude, I'm married. Oh, you can't just dance with me. No, I cannot dance with you. I am married. I don't think my husband would appreciate that. Go on, get away. Or the whole, (laughs) just let me, just give me one chance. I'll change your mind. Um, no doesn't mean change my mind. Like. Right. Keep it moving. I don't tell my, I don't tell my five-year-old no and then let her do what she wants. So why would I change my mind with you? But anyway. Turns out Matthew was sexually abused as a child. And though I'm not excusing his behavior, unfortunately, this is a common trend in children or people who have, um, who have been a victim or a survivor of sexual abuse. Right. Like it's a, it's a vicious cycle. And it really, like, I've never understood it, but I know it is a pattern, but like, mm-hmm. it's like you did, like somebody did that to you and you didn't really like it. Like why it's, I know it's yeah. psychi- psychological, but like, it, I don't understand it. Like why you were a victim of such abuse. Why would you want to do that to somebody else? Right. And, and I get what you're saying. Like, it's not excusing his behavior, but it does give some type of explanation, potentially. Right. You know? But um, we're not in any way saying that what he did is right. No, not not even close. Because there are tons of people who are 
abused as children and don't grow up to be rapists. Right, right. So it's not... Right. So Matthew has shown a lot of, um, he, he's shown a pattern of sexual violence and predatory behavior towards women since, I guess, being a victim himself. Mm-hmm. So according to a news article I read, the following is a timeline related to his patterns. Some are related, mm-hmm. some are not, some could be. Um, some of them I completely omitted because they had a killer labeled to those people. So I was like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, in October of 20, I'm sorry, in October of 2002, Jesse Matthew was named a suspect in an alleged rape at mm. Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. I didn't so know he, how far that is. Like, he, like, trolls in, like, or hunts, I guess, in, like, universities. So, this is what, his, I think Hannah, I mean, Morgan was in, I think Morgan was in. 2009. Yeah, and then found so in seven years before that, and twelve years before Hannah. Right. Um, he played football at Liberty University from two thousand to oh two, and he left after the allegations. And he was directly connected to that incident, the alleged rape. Oh um, wow! So in January of oh three, so what is that? Five months four months, Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Jesse Matthew began classes at Christopher Newport University in Newport News, Virginia. And in in July of uh, 2003 uh, was the last day Autumn Wind Day was last seen. And she was 24 years old when she disappeared and she has still never been found. And that's a possible connection. So not confirmed. She's never been found. So he hasn't been definitively linked or... Or confessed Correct. or anything, but they, they think that it's a possibility. It, it, it's, yes. Oh, wow. And then in August of 20, uh, 2003, Jesse Matthew joined the CNU football team, but leaves one month later due to another sexual assault allegation, and the victim was never identified. See, and that's the problem with these football players. They yeah. get accused of stuff, and they just, of like sexual assault or rape and they're allowed to just leave the team you know it's like oh if you leave the team quietly we won't make a big deal about this and that's not fair that's not okay that's not right like oh because you play football you can do what you want like no and then just get off scot-free like no yeah like do better i'm sorry like no anyway sorry continue that just burned me so in September of 2003, so a month later from him leaving the team, Sophie May Rivera was last seen in Newport News, Virginia on September 7th. She was 31 years old and her disappearance is still unsolved. And that is a possible connection to uh, So Jesse she's Matthew. still, they've never found her? Correct. Same she's as Autumn missing. Day. Okay. Right. October of 2003, so another month later. He leaves seeing you all together after the sexual assault investigation. So that is the unidentified victim. The same one that Connection. he left the football team for. Right. So he left the team, and then in October, he completely left the school. Left the university. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So September of 2005, almost two years later, a 26-year-old woman is attacked and raped while walking home from a grocery store in Fairfax City. 
DNA was collected from this crime scene and it aided authorities in building a profile. So that's a definite connection to him. Oh, wow. And that, that, that incident is super important because that will help him. Hmm. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to come see. back around yeah. with that. Yeah, so in 2007, Jesse got a Department of Motor Vehicle permit to operate a taxi cab in <gasps> Charlottesville. Oh. It will in the Charlottesville area, oh. and that made me nauseated, like, to know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, had he been actually charged instead of just allowed to leave the football teams and allowed to leave the university, like, I feel like they would do a background check, and that would have, had he actually been charged, right. like, that would have come up, and he wouldn't have been yeah. able to be attacked. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right, right. Like, I used to drive for Uber, and they do all that stuff on us, you know? Now, there's a slim, mm-hmm. there's a chance that, you know, the Uber driver doesn't have any background, and then they become a predator, right. and that's just, like, bad luck, unfortunate. But, like, like you said, had he had exactly. been charged and held accountable for his actions, he wouldn't have been able to be a taxi driver. At least I would hope not. Right. So, on October 10th, 2009. Hold up. Wait, that's right around the time Morgan went missing, right? When? October? October 10th? Yeah. She went, oh, the 17th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a week before. Oh, wow. Yeah, October 10th, 09, 23, 23-year-old Cassandra Morton disappeared from a neighborhood in Lynchburg, mm-hmm. and that's a possible connection. Mm-hmm. October 17th, Morgan Harrington disappears. Mm-hmm. November 30th. The body of Cassandra Morton was discovered on Candler's Mountain in Lynchburg. In 2009. It's just all in a very close area. Like, all right, these close proximity. Kind of close. January 27th of 2010, Morgan Harrington's remains are found. And later that year, um, Matthew's taxi permit expires, which hmm. I don't know if he can, he could still legally, like, operate. I don't know. Well, I mean, he could operate not legally. <laughs> right. He could, you know, purport himself to be a taxi driver, but he's not like, you know, you know what I mean. Anyway. Right. July of 2010, DNA links the 2005 Fairfax assault to Morgan Harrington's slaying. Oh, wow. So, like, they, they knew it was the same person at that point. Right. The girl, so they started building the profile in 2005 when the girl walking home from the grocery store. Right, right, right. I don't think they, I don't think they named her. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't name her. But they started building a profile and when Morgan, when I guess when they located Morgan's body maybe? Yeah, and they probably ran any, the DNA that they extracted from her body against CODIS and it was a hit. There was a match. Right. Okay. Hmm. On November 20th of 2012, 19-year-old Deshad Smith disappeared. Deshad was a young man who dressed as a woman and identified as a homosexual. And that's an unknown connection. But it was in, like, that area? Yep. I mean, if he, say he was trying to pick a woman up, I mean, if this person was, you know, this guy was dressed as a woman, he, he could have gotten angry that, you know, he right. was actually a male, you know, and, and murdered him because of that, you know. Man. Yep. 
September 12, 2014, Jesse Matthew helped coach a football game. And then he began drinking at a bar called the Lazy Parrot, which I'm not sure if it was a bar, restaurant, bar, but... Mm-hmm. According to court documents, he traveled from bar to bar and had several reported run-ins with women crossing lines with his sexual advances. Mm. And on September 13th, 2014, which is like the next day, in the morning, which, like 120 a.m. Yeah, but from what, yes, um, Hannah crossed the path of Jesse Matthew. Mm. And Hannah is seen multiple times on different surveillance cameras, including when she encountered him. Oh, wow. Like, they were walking in opposite directions, and they passed one another. And then you could see him turn around. And then they, and then he direction. buys her a drink. And then he buys her a drink. And, yeah, it's all history. So, in the days following, Matthew's apartment was searched. And articles of evidence were collected. He gets a new driver's license. He withdraws almost all of his money from the bank. And he goes to the police station, asks to speak with an attorney, And he's officially named a suspect. And he is shortly apprehended on a beach in Galveston, Texas. So, was he, like, running? Yeah. Hmm. So, he was, like, fleeing. Yeah. Okay. Like, like he was on the beach and, like, somebody noticed him. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, On September 29th, 2014, a news reporter with CBS 6 was the first to report that forensic evidence linked Jesse Matthew to the murders of Hannah Graham and Morgan Harrington. Hmm. In October of 2014, Jesse Matthew's attorney submitted a plea deal for 25 years in exchange for his admission to the Harrington and Graham murders. Hmm. He also agreed to tell authorities where her body was. The deal was not accepted. Where... Hannah's body was? Dang. Yeah. On October 18th, Graham's remains were found. So shortly after, like, they didn't need... They didn't need him. Him. Right. Like, like that was his That was his offer. They didn't need him. Right. They found her anyways. Mm-hmm. So they, they found her less than five miles from where Harrington's remains were found. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, October 20th, Matthew is indicted for... For the 2005 attack on the Fairfax woman. Good. So. Good. So everything was moving like super quick. No, it's way longer. Yeah, it was way longer than five years. No, no, no. But I'm talking about like once they started like linking him to everything, I feel like it moved quickly in that aspect. Not like. Right. In relation to when they happened, you know. Right, right. February 10th, 2015, Matthew was charged with the murder of Hannah Graham. In May of 2015, prosecutors announced they will seek the death penalty. Oh, wow. September 15th of 2015, he is formally charged with the murder of Morgan Harrington. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, in June, he um, he entered an Alford plea. You want to explain what that is again? Yeah, an Alford plea is basically where you're saying that the prosec- you're not admitting any guilt, but you're saying that the prosecution has enough evidence that if you were to take the chance and go to trial, that you would likely be convicted. You know, so it's basically you're pleading guilty, but you're not accepting any guilt. Which is, yeah, dumb. that shouldn't even exist. Right. I mean, if they have enough evidence against you, then. Right. So, but anyway. But um, he entered an Alfred plea and. 
uh, for the for both murders, and when he was mm-hmm. convicted on all charges. Mm. On October second of twenty fifteen, he's given a life sentence in exchange for accepting conditions such as there will be no chance for early release, he will not be eligible for parole, and he will relinquish any possibility of geriatric release. Hmm. Would you like to explain what geriatric release is to our listeners? Geriatric release is if there's receipt of a report from an institution where the prisoner is confined that a prisoner who is at least 65 years of age has a chronic infirmity, infirmity, illness, or disease related to aging, the commission shall determine whether or not to release the prisoner on geriatric parole, which that just basically... I think they call it a compassionate release sometimes too. Like basically if you're old and you're in prison and you're dying anyway, they're going to, you know, sometimes they'll let you out. So he right. forfeited any right to that eventually. Correct. So he will serve four separate life sentences. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he'll die in prison as, as he should. Yeah. So there were 14 pages of information that would have been presented against him in court. I I didn't didn't go through them because I was towards the end of my research and I am going to post in the source links because I do want to go back and look at it. Um, But after Hannah Graham's uh, remains were located or discovered, discovered and identified, students at University of Virginia put together a memorial on the grounds in her honor and Morgan Harrington's mother also tied green ribbons on the Copley Bridge where she was last seen. And she stated the green symbolized new growth going forward and that she would never visit the bridge again. I don't blame her. Yeah, so I have a little update more recently since May of 2019, so a year ago. It was reported that Jesse Matthew has cancer. Uh, Karma. I'll get there. He was transferred from Red Onion State Prison to Sussex One State Prison, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So he can receive the proper medical treatment for his cancer, which I'm not opposed to. Like, I, I don't think cruel and unusual punishment. No, he should. It's fair. No, he you should know. definitely receive treatment. I just, I, I can't find any sympathy for him. <laughs> no, I'm on the same wavelength as you. But although the Department of Corrections spokeswoman would not comment on his diagnosis, I'm sure it has something to do with HIPAA, but... Oh, yeah. Harrington's mother stated she spoke with the Commonwealth attorney who informed her that Jesse Matthew has stage four colon cancer. Ooh, wow. Harrington's mother stated, yeah, no. And he's pretty young. I think he's like 37, I think, yeah. now. He's young. My, my mama had it. She, she was not super old when she had it. I think she was in her 50s. Yeah. yeah. So Harrington's mother stated that she and her husband had muted reactions when they heard about the cancer diagnosis and... Miss Harrington said, quote, whatever justice is, perhaps that this is the next phase of his justice. Perhaps this is his karma. I'm not happy about it, but I am sanguine for whatever unfolds here, end quote. Hmm. That's exactly what I said. Karma. I mean, I'm not like, I feel like how she, she based, I mean, I feel the same way she does. Like, I'm not happy about it, but I don't feel bad for him either. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't wish anyone to have cancer. I mean, that's terrible, but. Yeah, I mean, but, and the thing, and after, like, I saw that he, like, relinquished his, you know, possibility of geriatric release, mm-hmm. and then I found the cancer information, but, I mean, oh, he's, he's not, not going to make it to 65. 
not with stage four colon cancer. I'm just, I'm, I'm really surprised at that though, because prisoners cost mm-hmm. the taxpayers a lot of money. Right. And like with that on top of it, like, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree. Like he should have to, to sit and, you know, do his time because he needed help. Like that's the, he is a habitual offender. He's not going to stop. In my opinion, there's no possibility of rehabilitation for him. Personally, no. Th- there may be for others, but him personally, I don't not him, so. right? But and I feel like that that's the best place for him. Right. Um, right. You know, cancer or not, I, I I can't have sympathy for somebody who just. I mean, in in some of the reports I read, like he broke bones, like he just, right. just, like, just it was very violent, unnecessarily so, violent. You know, like I don't right. Um, I just don't have any sympathy for somebody who doesn't have any regard for human life. Like Exactly. And the thing with, with sexual assault is we teach this in self-defense. Like, it's different when somebody takes your phone or steals your purse. But, like, when they take that from you, it's something you can't get back. It's not something you can replace. Exactly. You can't file an insurance claim. You can never get – they took something so personal from you, and you can never get it back. And right. you just don't – I can imagine you don't feel like you ever again. Yeah, and, I mean, you lose – you know, somebody steals your phone, your car, whatever. I mean, those are material things. You're going to replace those things. But, I mean, if somebody, right. you know, you, you get raped, that's something you live with for the rest of your life. I mean, you know. And, yeah. Oh, I just, I can't even imagine. My heart really does go out to victims of sexual assault because that's got to be terrible. You know, I mean. Right. And just to have to relive that, you know. Well, I've had some students at my um self-defense classes that were victims and that's why they were taking self-defense or partially not necessarily not necessarily even sexual abuse victims one was a child she was like seven um she was not sexually abused she was physically abused um she almost died oh wow and then there was a there was another girl um she was a, a rape victim and just seeing them in the class like made me so happy like because right. they're they're moving forward they're growing they're not right. letting what happened to them define, define them, them right right and they were doing something about it and it, it really made me happy that they I mean it sucked like the unfortunate circumstances that they went through but I was really happy to see like right even even the child that was in the class like you know at the time I was dating somebody who had a child and I didn't necessarily, I wanted her to attend the class, but I didn't want her to, I didn't want to have a vocabulary lesson with her. She was 10 years old. I didn't want to explain to her what sodomy was. I didn't want to explain to her right. what rape was. That wasn't my, my responsibility. And it's like children can attend the class, but the, the mother or a guardian has to sign a permission slip mm-hmm. because I am not, as an instructor, I'm not going to explain to your, your child what those words mean. Exactly. And if you're prepared for that, then by all means have them attend. But, um, those two were, they were both, one was probably 12 and the other was probably seven. Wow. So, yeah. Hmm. I'll have to do an episode on, like, defense tips. Yeah, maybe we'll do, like, a bonus or maybe. something. Or a Patreon. If we do that eventually, but yeah. Stay tuned because we yeah. might create a Patreon. Yeah. And hopefully once all this pandemic stuff calms down, we find our motivation again. Uh, cause yeah, somewhere said, around here. Yeah, yeah, I gotta dig down deep and find it. Um, Charlie's somewhere with my sanity, so you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the case of the murders of Hannah Graham and Morgan Harrington. Thank you for listening to Homeside Homegirls. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to our Facebook page and leave us a review or rate us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you want to be the first to know when an episode is released, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram at Homicide Homegirls, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Homicide Homegirls Podcast, and Twitter at Homegirls Pod. If you would like to suggest an episode, use the form located on our Facebook page. Once a month, we plan to answer fan-submitted questions in a segment we like to call hashtag AskTheHomeGirls. So be sure to use the form on our Facebook page to submit your questions.